My mic is not on. It is now. Good. All right. Did I just turn it off and put it back in my pocket? Yes, I did. Now you know why they don't want me in the sound booth. Yeah, they, they come back. They're all fired up. Hello. You know, used to love it when Gabe Shelton was at camp. He said, one person in this church sometimes, I think if we started having that, if somebody got excited, that Gabe would run the bases. Amen. People, am I hard to see? Do I disappear? Okay. Michael and I this week, we had to go some places. You know, he rode along with me. I think it was Michael. Getting old, can't remember. Okay. But it was a case of people kept cutting me off and pulling out funny, you know, in the car. And Michael goes, that's because you're invisible, Dad. Okay, so I kind of run into that, that issue and then went to Costco. And he went one way and I had two different ladies hit me with their cart. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I wasn't fading away from you, all right? Because, you know, this happened. You know, there was this accident took place and two cars met on a head-on, in a head-on collision. Both drivers got out and began to apologize profusely. And the woman said, I'm so sorry. It was my fault. And he goes, not at all, madam. The man responded with gallantry. I don't do that. I was completely to blame. But I was on your side of the road, protested the woman. He says, that may be true, madam, replied the man positively. But I am responsible for the accident. I saw you coming three blocks away and had plenty of time to turn down a side street. I had to start turning down side streets or something. I'm going to walk down aisles sideways. I'm serious. I didn't think I could disappear. You know, most people, they look at this ugly mug and they just walk around me. Okay, open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. So I want you to know I'm not disappearing this morning. If I come out of the anesthesia well, because even though they're not replacing my knee, which the doctor wanted to do and I talked him out of it, um, they're doing quite a bit to it. So I could be under anesthesia. I will, don't know if I'll make the Wednesday night service. I will listen online if I can't. But I don't know if how much I'll remember. It depends on how long it takes for that to clear. Okay? So if you want to borrow money from me, you need to ask me Wednesday afternoon. Because I won't remember if I'll tell you yes. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that is laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding in all things. The title of this morning's message is, Consider. Consider what I say. You know, when we look at the way this thing's going on in this country, I'm, I'm sorry, but you need to understand 
the Democratic Party is trying to gin up young women and men who don't want to take responsibility for what they do and make it so that it's my body, my choice. Well, they interviewed all across this world biologists, scientists, because you know people try to say, well, it's the science, you know, we don't have to believe the Bible, believe the Word of God. They interviewed them and they asked him, when does life begin? The answer at over 95% of them was life begins at conception. So that's personhood. Do you understand? So that when someone, for their own selfish reasons, terminates the life, and I know there's so many issues, I'm not talking about that this morning. But if the concept was, and if people understood that that is life, that is a human being at the moment of conception, when Lifesavers Ministry, it, it failed, it faded out in New York State. Okay, I used to, when we first went into that back in the, the 1980s, I used to carry around a little plastic doll that was a baby at 10 weeks. That is two months in two weeks. It was a baby. It was not any bigger than my thumb. And many times, if women are not regular in their life, they may not even understand that they're carrying. Many women who struggle with pregnancy and have miscarriages lose the baby early on and sometimes don't even realize. But it's a human being. And the argument that's going on, so we're at a war in this country over what is life. We're at a war over responsibility. I'm going to ask how many men and women in this church okay, own a legal firearm? Could you raise your hand? I'm taking a picture so I can give it to the state. All right? Has your firearm ever taken the life of another human being? Do you know the vast majority of police officers never fire their weapon? The vast majority you hear about. I want you to understand something. What do they say? They call it what? Gun violence. No, it's what? People violence. So there is a war for the minds of people in America. There's a war for the minds of Christians. Do you know there's many people who believe that they're saved. They've trusted Christ as their Savior, but they don't follow. If you didn't listen to the Sunday school class, you need to. They aren't willing to bring their thoughts in line with what God says. So therefore, they make their decisions based on peer pressure and other people. And not according to what God says. And so, even as if Christians... Those who claim to be born again. 
not religious people, but those who claim to be born again, because being born again is a relationship, it is not a religion. Okay, it's a relationship with the personal God that who is the creator God of this universe. If they would vote according to what they propose to believe in the one who saved them in his words, you wouldn't be worrying about the issues today. You know what Christians do? We avoid conversation because we don't want conflict. You know what's happening in this country today? People are getting angry and more angry and more angry when you disagree with them. The ability to have public discourse and disagreement has been lost. Do you know sometimes... I love it. I'm in the street corner. I get a lot of amens on the street corner. I get people honking their horn and waving to me. I get a few who wave to me the wrong way. That hasn't changed anything. Someone asked me, why do you go to the street corners? Because we see about six or seven through the summer, the spring, summer, and fall in Harborfest generally around six professions of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to ask you, what does the Bible say? What will a man give in exchange for his... Say, Sometimes we see them here and sometimes we don't. But I want you to understand something. There's a battle taking place. We look at the way this country, the way this world is changing, and it's changing what? Very rapidly. There's a spiritual battle and the Bible-believing Christians under attack. Under attack. Look at Psalm 11 quickly. Just as this is just a verse that came to mind for me, just before it came in. In Psalm 11, it's the Psalm of David, it says, In the Lord put I my trust. <clears throat> How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain. Okay, what are you doing? Birds fly away to get away to hide. Generally, birds in your Bible, when it just says birds many times, are not the spirits we want to deal with. In verse 2 it says, For lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. Right? For all have seen to come short of the glory of God. I can tell you today, I stand in this pulpit with the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not mine own. So I can tell you what should the righteous do. What can the righteous do? And with that, we're going to look at in our text some things that God just laid in my heart when I, I look at this and I look at what's taking place and people are looking for answers. Okay? You just need, when someone tells you about, they talk to you about abortion, and I've counseled with women who've gone through that, and they've done it because they've listened to what the world said. And You know, I counseled a woman one time to have one. Do you understand that? I'll tell you that right now. This church gets accused of standing against people with tattoos. How many of you have tattoos? 
We just had an evangelist. He wears long sleeve shirts when he's in the pulpit. When he's out driving around, he was a one percenter. The number two man in the outlaws nationally. He looks like he's got sleeves. Tattoos aren't the unpardonable sin. Now, should you mark up your body according to God's Word in the Old Testament? No. Not the point. I have to laugh. This church gets accused of being legalistic. This church gets accused of having no standards. And people hesitate to talk about something. You can talk rationally. You can talk calmly. If you use Scripture, there's not an answer for it. I have a nephew who got saved, him and his wife, because I can't compete with his 165 to 170 plus IQ. Right, Caleb? Because I had him disciple him. I wasn't going to answer the questions this guy's coming up with. Okay, I'm intelligent. But he used to like to debate me, and then he'd get to the place and he goes, Uncle Bryant, that's not fair. You keep giving me Scripture. And I said, well, you're not arguing against me. You think you are. You're arguing with God. What does God say about it? They got saved in this church. They're baptized. You know, they work in a music ministry of another Baptist church today, the other side of Syracuse. They were about as liberal as could be. Didn't have to be a fight. You know what it came down to? What does God's Word say? And what kind of stand am I willing to take? So this morning, we're going to look at what the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of Scripture, has told one of his preacher boys, Timothy, to do. And again, in verse 7, it says, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in what? All things. First thing, the Christian life is a warfare. It's a battle. It's God in you against the devil. It's God in you reaching to a lost world who don't even realize the battle. It's God in you in a battle with your old nature, with your flesh. How are you going to fight it? Consider. Consider. It's a warfare. He's writing to a warrior. It applies to, I don't care if you're male or female. You know one of the reasons Israel is still a free nation today? Both men and women, 18 years of age and up, have to put in two years. They're conscripted. Men and women. Wimpy American men better not mess with an Israeli woman at around 20 years of age. She's been taught that she's in a battle for her life. So it starts off, and I want you to see, Joshua 1.9, this is, Josh, you don't need to turn there. This is God speaking to Joshua, and he says, Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, right? 
whithersoever thou goest. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13 says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You need to listen to the Sunday school message this morning. Quit you like men. That doesn't mean quit. That's Old English. Okay. So uh, this morning I will not go to the original Greek or Hebrew to explain that word to you. Look it up. Quit you like men. Be strong. See, you're supposed to be strong in the faith of the Gospel. My salvation is based on the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection. But how do I know that? Because God's given us a book that tells us that. The very words of the Most High God. People today, Christians are so confused, they don't know whether they have the Word of God or not. They don't know whether it's someone, because they don't speak Greek and Hebrew. Well, you know, the, the Greeks in Greek, Greece don't speak the Greek that was used when the Bible was given in Greek. How many of you know that the Spanish they speak in South America is not the same language they speak in Spain? It's different. Do you know that a Guatemalan who speaks Spanish and a Mexican who speaks Spanish and, well, it can't be a Bolivian, they speak Portuguese, which is another form of Spanish that's changed into another language. Do um, you get my drift? Now, unless you're from Louisiana... Because the English they speak, I haven't figured out yet. When you're, I know, I watch swamp people. It's faith in the Gospel. What is it? What's the Gospel? What is the Gospel? Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. This is how Paul got saved. How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. He went in to the grave having become sin just before He died. For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. When he came up out of the grave and his soul came up out of hell, he was the sinless Savior again. What happened to that sin? It was put where all sin goes. And he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas and of the twelve, and after he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. 
Okay, and then it says after that he was seen of James and of all the apostles. You know what it is? It's the death on the cross when he became sin for us, the shedding of his blood for our sins. It is his burial. Because you know what God does with your sin when you give it to him? He separates you from your sin as far as the east is from the west. He takes it and he throws it in the depths of the sea behind his back. So it's buried. When he rose again, he rose in righteousness that we might live in newness of life. It's a relationship that changes how you fight. Galatians 5:1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. If you're here this morning and you're saved, you are free from the penalty of your sin. Eternity is settled. Christ took your place. You're now a citizen of a far better country. There's a home in heaven awaiting you because of Him. He not only paid for the sin, He built the home. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am ye may be also. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't come back under. Don't get entangled again with the thing that was killing you. Your flesh, your ties of living of the world. You've got to live in the world, but you don't have to live of the world. In the attacks that try to change your mind. Because that's where the battle starts with Satan. Spiritual battle starts in your mind. He can no longer take your soul to hell with him. You still with me? If you're here this morning, you need to understand, if you're saved, that frees us from the bondage of sin. If you're here this morning and you don't know for sure that if you were to die, that heaven would be your home according to the Scriptures, then you're lost. Undone, without hope and without God. You need to come to the Savior today. The New Testament message in the book of Acts was faith or repentance towards God. Instead of going my way, in my mind, I turn to God and realize that the only way is His way. Right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. Do you know that to be true in your life? If you don't, you need to come to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, all those that come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. I've had a person tell me, I don't think God can save me. And I said, then He's not God. He could save me. But you don't know what I've done. I said, I don't need to know what you've done. Jesus offers you salvation already knowing what you've done. And He says, I'll take that. And then our Bible tells us through the inspiration of Scripture, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are, present tense, become, imperative going forward, are become new. 
Is a baby a new birth? Does that baby know how to do everything that it needs to live? They are become new. Hard to understand? When you get saved spiritually, you don't know everything. One, you don't know how to feed yourself. So you need somebody who's supposed to be more mature than you are to help you. And the Bible is compared to water. It's compared to milk. It's compared to meat. It's compared to bread. It's compared to vegetables. What you eating? What you eating? If you're not saved, you don't need to clean up your act to get saved. You need to let the act of Jesus Christ be the thing that cleans you up. Amen? So consider what I say. Because we are in a spiritual battle. Ephesians chapter 6. I won't read it all, but I want you to remember, it tells you in Ephesians 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, not in your own strength. I'm a big guy, I used to depend on my own strength. And so many things. I can't anymore. It just doesn't work out the same. I have to laugh. You know, I have never gotten to pick up as much weight as James has bench pressing. 400 plus pounds, right? Never did it in my life. I got up to doing reps with 360 pounds and I blew a shoulder out. Now, I don't think I could bench press 200 pounds. I can pick up my fork and eat, but I can't bench press 200 pounds anymore. So it's got to be strong in God's might. It says put on the whole armor of who? The picture of that is that, guess what? David's older brother couldn't fight Goliath when he had his armor on because it was his own. David went in the strength of the Lord. And he wore the spiritual armor God gave him. And when Goliath mocked him, oh no, he mocked me. He put me down. What am I going to do? Hit him between the eyes with a stone. He did. Goliath was wearing his armor, the armor of the world. Who lost his head? 17-year-old boy took on a man, or part man, who was at least 9 feet 6 inches tall. At least. And his brothers were bigger than him. Put on the whole armor of God, you may be able to stand against the wiles of your flesh. No. Against the wiles of the world. No. Against the one who messes with your head. Against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against the principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, high places. Spiritual battle. That's not talking about physical rulers. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore. See, you're in a battle. Stand. You take the position. 
You can't break ranks. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with... Now, man, this is a weird armor, isn't it? Christians need to have your loins girt about with the truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, and I'm not preaching on this armor today, your feet shod with the preparation so you're ready to give the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which is based on the Word of God, so you put your hiding in your Bible, where you're able to quench all the fiery accusations, the fiery darts of the devil. Well, you're not really saved. Look at, you still do some of the stuff you used to do. Yeah, but now I'm a kid who's going to get whipped by God for that. Whom the Lord loveth, he... And take the helmet of salvation because that protects your mind because the devil's always going to try to attack the foundation. What are we supposed to build on? What Jesus Christ did for us through the Gospel. Come back. Are you saved? You're saved. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the and then you're told to fight by praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance. That leads back to the standing. Perseverance. And supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me. If you don't come out on Harbor Fest, and some of you can't, some of you will be working, some of you may be too young, some of you got other things you have to do, I'm not going to be able to stand, I'm not going to be able to walk enough to do this. You know what I can do? I can pray for the ones who are there. I'll be praying at 10 o'clock. I'll be praying at 12. Do I be praying all the time? No. But I'll be praying every two hours until 5 o'clock at night. So I'll be praying at 4 and then I'll pray again when it closes down at 5. Praying for it. Because it's a spiritual battle. See, and the battle is for the glory of God. And it's over the souls, hearts, and minds of men. They're not the enemy. It's a spiritual battle. They're just flesh caught into it. Russia is attacking which country? You know, the confusion is Ukraine was one of the most corrupt countries in the world before the battle started. And now they're pure as the hard-driven snow, right? But you know what's happening to the poor old people and the mothers with babies? in little ones in this battle they're getting killed you know that when a person dies without Jesus Christ they die more than once this is the second death it's a far greater loss it's a far greater battle it's over the souls the hearts and the minds of men you ever notice that when you're doing right and you feel you know young people when you obey your parents you feel good you're not worried about you don't have to hide from them you don't have to drop your head you don't have to turn and go the other way when they're coming happens with grandparents too okay you don't have to because the relationship's good because you're doing right And you feel good about it. And you're not worried about problems. 
Do you know so many times Christians get pulled away because they're afraid that God's going to find out what they did? Everything is naked and open under the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. Howard and I were talking just before, you know, at the end of Sunday school, and he goes, you know, Pat, we look at each other and he says, you know, I can't answer. i got my own problems I have to answer every day for. Every time I get upset the wrong way, it's sin. Every time I don't understand or give understanding to a person seeking it, it's sin. Are you with me? See, it's a battle. We're fighting for God's glory. He's chose to do it that way. I don't know if I would have chose me. I told people many times, my call to the ministry, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. Why? So that if He glory, let Him glory in the Lord. So let's go back to our text. 2 Timothy chapter 2. See, point number one is you need to consider and be strong because you're in a battle. Point number two. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard among many witnesses. That's a reason you need to be in church too. So you can hear. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You know what the thing about Christians? You know what you're there for? You're there to... And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Same place. For what? For the work of the ministry, for the... The what? The edifying of the saints. Building them up and preparing them. If you don't have Romans Road in your Bible, just a simple way you can always show someone how to be saved, Ask Pastor Kenny after the service. Line up and he'll help you mark it in your Bible. You ought to have it marked out. You could also mark out the Isaiah road. You can lead some of the Lord out of the Old Testament. Especially if they're Jewish. You can find in so many ways, commit thou to teach others. I've had to learn that many, much of my teaching is not just by what I say, but it's by what I do. That my actions many times speak louder than my words. So you've got to teach others. Teach them to who? Those who are willing to be faithful. You know what God doesn't need? He doesn't need quitters. People start... And they don't finish. Are they still saved? Amen, amen, amen. It was 10 years before Judy and I saw people in my family who weren't saved get saved. I have one brother who's not saved now. 10 years. And they examined everything we did. That nephew who couldn't argue with the Scriptures. They went through a hard time. Something, they were living in another state and they couldn't, they couldn't handle it. It was eating them up. And that helped them when they moved back here to say, well, look what Uncle Bryant and Aunt Judy have been through. 
and they're enjoy their life and we're miserable what's the difference do you enjoy your christian life or are you just miserable They're examining you because you know what the Bible teaches? Everybody has somebody who's following them, who's watching them. It's going to happen. Commit thou to faithful men. That's, as Brother Spurgeon said, that's a reference to people. Okay. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. You need to plan on finishing what you're doing. If you're going to fight, you know what they do? You know what the sentence is in the military? If you're engaged in the battle and you return and retreat from your post? Colonel Thomas, what's the sentence? Death. That's in every army around this world. Every military. The Apostle Paul says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day and not to me only but unto all them that what? And then he tells Timothy, do they diligence to come on shortly unto me. Why? Because I'm talking about commit thou to faithfulness. Faithful men. Look at verse 10. For who? I have a message on Demas. Not preaching it this morning. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, and Titus to Dalmatia. Ones who were with him, now again, Titus was being sent. I'm not sure about Crescens, but I know this, he mentions Demas forsaken. He started and he pulled out. Demas started and he's gone. He's gone. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. See, you've got to commit. Commit thou to faithful men. Other people have asked me, other pastors, they're turning around and I've got a good friend in the ministry who's not too far from here and he goes, but... Brian, I don't have what you have. I said, I know. God knows I need more help. I'm the special ed kid of my family. I stayed in the pastorate because of the help in this church. Faithful people. And he says, I, can't, I don't have people I can depend upon. And you have this, and he goes, they know you. They go, you have them, and you have them, and you have them, and you got women who listen, who are faithful who love you. Well, sometimes. And they stick by. And I said, yeah. And all I did was ask that pastor, are you faithful to them? Trying to be. And I mean faithful to them. I don't mean faithful to always be there for them. I mean faithful to preach to them and teach them and tell them what's wrong and what's right according to God's Word. Not everybody likes me. I think they love me here. Most of you, please. 
Verse 3 says, Thou therefore endure what? Hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Look at Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Endure hardness. It's only a couple pages over, back. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Watch what the Apostle Paul is talking about to this church. Verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. That ought to be Emmanuel, right? Toward each other, not just the ones we like, but the ones we're supposed to love. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in what? All your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that we may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Okay? Endure persecutions, tribulations. You know why people don't like the Gospel? Because it makes them sinners. You know what we want to do? We want to be right. You know, I'm not right, but God is. God's Word is right. It tells to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to ask Lieutenant Colonel Thomas a couple of questions. What's the highest temperature you ever dealt with in Afghanistan? What was the coldest temperature ever dealt with in Afghanistan? Ten above zero. That's Fahrenheit, not centigrade, to 100 plus. You know what I'm saying by that? You know what happens to soldiers in the battle? Sometimes they get scorched by heat. Sometimes they get frozen by cold. You know, we had men freeze to death in World War II in the Battle of the Bulge. When they went to take the bodies out, they had to unlace their shoes, their boots, because the boots were frozen to the ground and they couldn't break them free but they died in their post fighting for others. So we're, they're scorched by heat. They're frozen by cold. They fight in the rain and the snow. Uh, one of my grandchildren said, Papa, you don't go hunting in the rain, do you? I said, yeah, it's fun. Just got to make sure they're real close because there won't be any blood trail in the rain. But when you're fighting for what's right, you don't have any choice. You know what they have to do? A soldier has to learn tactics. I just mentioned one, a simple one. It's not the answer for everything. It's the Romans wrote of Scripture. They have to learn tactics. They have to learn how to fight properly. We just had Brother Netterville in. Gave a bunch of ideas bunch of ideas okay to help better fight five approach questions four spiritual principles 
illustrations. With more illustrations. Gave that out. Those who wanted one and when they came. We saw people saved. They visited the church. We've got to follow up on them more. Who got saved, handing out Bibles. We'd never handed out Bibles that way before. You know what we did? We learned a new tactic. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a new tactic. You have to fight properly. You can't go argue with somebody on the street corner. You know what you have to do? To fight properly, you know what you have to do? You have to learn to get along so you can fight with others. I mean alongside with them, not fight against them. Right? You have to learn sometimes to fight alone. Amen? What did the Apostle Paul said? This one has left me, this one's left me, only Luke is with me. You ever thought, <laughs> they have to fight in the cold, they have to fight in the rain, you have to fight in the heat, you've got to do it according to God's tactics because He gives you the rules. Because you know what war is? Christian war is not a street fight. You know how to clean up gang violence? Get a bunch of healthy special forces guys who have retired and send them in. They could clean it out quick. Because they know how to fight together. You have to fight within the rules. One of the problems that people don't understand, how many of you have any idea what the rules of engagement are in the Geneva Convention? That is supposed to overtake every battle. Now, religious extremists pay no attention to that. We're not to be religious extremists. We're supposed to be soldiers of Jesus Christ. So you have to obey the orders. Now, when you don't, it kills Christians. We had a man in this church, we go to the street corner in Oswego. And I would tell him, you can't do it that way. You need to do it this way. We're not here to get every person who comes to the corner up to us, angry at us, and call us weirdos. So he quit coming with us. And two weeks later, I get a phone call. Pastor, they got to come get me out of jail. They won't let me out. They give me one phone call. I don't dare call my wife. Get me out. I went down and talked to the sergeant, who's come and stood on the corner with us to make sure no one gave us too hard a time as we did it lawfully. I had to go to the court with that person and stand before the judge and I said, judge, don't worry about this. He goes, if he shows up on the street corner, he does this again for six months, he's going to jail for six months. I said, won't happen. He got what they call AC, acquittal conditional discharge. You all didn't know about it. I didn't embarrass the person with everything about it. They're no longer here. I'm not giving you a name, but I had to go get a person out of jail because they wouldn't war lawfully. You know how many times in Wolcott I just want to take my knife out of my pocket? No, not to stab someone. <laughs> to go up and cut the cord on the speaker on the outside of the bar. Can't do it. Yeah, you got to fight according to the rules. You know what it comes down to? Others can, 
You can't. They won't fight according to the rules. It doesn't change that you have to. Because you answer to your commander-in-chief. We're in a spiritual battle. Do you realize that in, a, in Iraq? Iran? Now, I'm not going to say one thing or another about... Their, they, they detained a woman all-star basketball player for a long time in Russia. Just released. Spent about a year and a half in prison. Now she's thanking God she's back in America. You know, Russian prisons aren't like American prisons. You know, prisons are horrible. They are. Down in Mexico, down in South America, if a woman gets arrested and, and she's pregnant, she has her baby in prison. And the family members have to bring in food for her or they don't eat. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? They don't apply the rules. Americans, we live differently. Different rules. That's what makes America the place that all these other people want to rush to, even though the liberals are trying to tell us what a horrible country we are. And they try to tell Christians that they're horrible people, that we're so judgmental when we're trying to help people come to Christ so they can have eternal life. See, others can. You know what? You cannot. You have to fight and endure. You have to fight according to the rules. If you don't, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to read you a pastor, or a pa pastor, a passage that has to deal with how you fight. Verse 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. He's not an extremist. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into what? that if by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a... See what he's saying? A castaway? That's not talking about lost people. Apostle Paul's talking about I have to fight lawfully the Christian battle. Or I could be cast away. Get drifting out there. Isn't that what a castaway is? He's drifting at sea. You know... <laughs> You ever think about this? Christian soldiers are the only army told to love their enemies. Love their enemies. Ye have heard, this is on the Sermon on the Mount, ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them that love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. It's complete, mature. You know what it is? 
You're not to love your enemies to become the Father's children. You're to love your enemies because you are your Father's children. And you want them to see the Father in you. 1 Corinthians 13. Remember, we're told in our text, endure all things. Okay? Endureth. Watch this. Verse 4. Charity suffereth long and is... What's that word? What is that word? Okay. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. If you don't know what unseemly means, ask Pastor Kinney after the service. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. Seeketh not her own. You, you know, it's not me first. I've got to know me before I can try to help someone else. Is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and what? Endureth all things. That's charity. That's God's love flowing through the believer. Okay? We're to love our enemies. Back to our text. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, it says, No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Don't get entangled. Again, Demas is the picture. He ended up loving this present world. And I'm saying to you, don't take your eyes off the goal. Don't take your eyes off the goal. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that thus so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. See? Be careful. If you're not careful, you're going to start loving the world system. You know how that is? And you start using their words. See, the words control the argument. And when you make it my body, my choice, I haven't got a right to tell a woman what to do with her body. So you have to make it about having your loins girt about with truth. You still with me? Okay. There's a warrior's medal in the Christian battle for enduring. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord promised to them that love him. You know, it doesn't say... If he is tried, because you know what's going to happen to every one of us? It says, when he is tried. There's a, there's a medal, there's a crown for enduring and fighting your battle lawfully according to your commander-in-chief. No man that worth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be <clears throat> a soldier. You be careful. 
don't start loving the world system. Don't argue completely politics with somebody. I don't care if they're Democrat, Republican. Have I made mention of things? Yes. But that's not the issue. Okay? 1 John 2, verses 15 and 16 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. I'm going to give you an illustration here. Are you too busy to pray most of the time? Every day. Are you too busy to pray? If you are, you're too busy. Are you too busy to witness? Soldier. Then you're too busy. Are you too busy to read your Bible? You're too busy. In any military, they limit world influence on the soldiers so they can keep their minds and attitude tuned towards the objective of the battle they're in. 1 Timothy chapter 6, I want to read two verses to you. First Timothy 6, verse 9 and 10. But they that will be rich, didn't say they were, they're trying to be, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with what? That's if you have a King James Bible. Then it tells us that now we've got to strive lawfully. Verse 5 in our text, If any man strive, also strive for the masteries, he is not crowned unless he strive lawfully. You've got to do it God's way. You have to do it according to the rules of engagement for the battle. They are given in any military going into war. When they don't, you have confusion from the leadership down to the foot soldier, to whoever it might be. They need to know the directive. Do they all know the same amount of information? No. See, because unto whom much is given, much is required. You've got to strive lawfully. You've got to do it God's way. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 7 says, We are not as many which corrupt the Word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. In the same chapter, we're reading about consider what I say. Is the same chapter in verse 15 that says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Colossians 2 verse 8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. If you don't know what that word means, ask Pastor Kenny. Philosophy, through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. You know what you've got to do? You've got to stay on the subject. You still with me? 
I've already read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Okay? If you strive lawfully, you're going to have a crown. If you don't, there's no crown. You're outside the rules, and the Bible is your rule book. Please stand. Why does Pastor Legault and Pastor Kenny and then Pastor Gip before Pastor Kenny and, and Pastor Christian before Pastor Legault always say, are you reading your Bible? Are you studying your Bible? Are you praying? Just trying to get you to strive lawfully. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Have you considered? This morning, are you saved? If not, you come to the altar. We won't embarrass you. We'll have, have a man go with men and boys, and a lady go with women and girls, and show you from the Word of God how you can know, according to God, that heaven will be your home. Believer, is your strength found in God? Are you a good soldier? Are you enduring hardness for Jesus Christ? Are you entangled with Facebook? With YouTube? With whatever? I'm running into more and more believers are getting so much garbage on the internet they've lost sight of what God says to them when they read his book are you entangled and are you striving lawfully if you've been fighting it your own way that's my problem so many times I'm being honest with you I have to do it lawfully according to the rules of my commander in chief God speaking to your heart this morning. Maybe you need to come and lay something down. Maybe there's something you're putting ahead of Jesus. If I was to ask every one of you in here, if I walked around, I'd have to ask you, could you tell me what is the first and great commandment? If you can't, and you're above eight years of age, then you're not striving lawfully. If I was to ask you, what's the second commandment according to Jesus? You're not striving lawfully. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy strength, with all thy might. Hmm? There's actually four of them there. And the second is like unto the first. Thou shalt love thy... You know who your neighbor is? The person you're near when you're there. Do you love them enough? Because the Christian army dies for others, doesn't kill them. God speaking to your heart this morning? Is the Bible something that you look into every day? You can't put your armor on. 
Is there a time every day where you bow your mind, your heart, your body before the Lord? The Bible says pray without ceasing. We've got too many Christians who cease to pray. Our church is different. We have good prayer warriors here. But are we striving lawfully? God, speak in your heart. You come.